Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 294. On this episode, we've got some cancellation, pickup, and renewal news. And then we'll be talking about recent episodes of Life in Pieces, Grandfathered, The Grinder, Undateable, Dr. Ken, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 294. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Jenny from tvismypacifier.com. And Kyle Nolan from notaryruns.net. Or just Kyle... Or just Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. There's no just about Kyle. <clears throat> uh, all right. Well, thank you both for joining me on the podcast this week. Thanks for having me back. Mm-hmm. And we'll jump right in with some news. After, I don't know, a couple of weeks of you know not a lot of stuff, all of a sudden sort of an onslaught of things in this in the last week. A few of them being sort of a surprise, I'd say. Like AMC has renewed Halt and Catch Fire for a third season, which a lot of uh, it got a lot of critical praise in its second season, especially like that uh, people thought it got better throughout the first season and that it really turned into something great in the second season. But yet, much like some of their other prestige dramas that they had in the past. Not a lot of people were watching it. So kind of a surprise that uh, that one is being picked up. But then on the other hand, I think AMC is trying to maybe keep some of their, you know, something that actually gets some critical love, try and keep some of those things around. I mean, they've got all that Walking Dead money that they they can spend on some other shows. Plus, they might be making money, like, if it goes to, like, Netflix or something like that, mm-hmm. they can sell it for – because it's definitely more of a, a binge-worthy show. I, I'm I'm surprised it came back, but I'm happy, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing the third season. I'm one of the 500 people that were watching. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> or I might be being a little too generous with that. Yeah, next up, uh, CBS has canceled Extant after two seasons. Uh, I think the only surprising thing there is that it got a second season. Is that a, right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but apparently uh, Halle Berry is already in development for a new series that's going to be at CBS. So uh, Has she given up her movie career? I don't know that necessarily that she's given up the movie career, but she seems to uh, at least liked the doing the episodic TV right. thing that – She's going to try again with a, another series. Right. It probably doesn't take that much long. Like only like twelve episodes, or probably doesn't take that much longer than filming a movie anyway. So yeah, yeah, and and on the short schedule type thing too. It's not I don't, that you know you could film other stuff you know during the rest of the year. So, I mean that's that's what some of the you know the quote unquote movie stars or or whatever have been jumping into some of these short, you know, short seasons uh, to be able to, you know, do stuff. And that that's true. I mean, a movie shoots over the course of months. Yeah. So you, yeah. you know, you shoot 12 episodes over three months and, uh, and 
it's all part of her production company too. So she's uh, she's she's also getting the, money all over the yeah, place. So she's yeah. also the 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 producer as well. So uh, next up, Fox has renewed Bob's Burgers for season seven and eight. I'm thrilled about that. <laughs> That's probably my favorite out of the uh, Fox Sunday lineup right now, or the animated lineup. I started to say. Out of, out of the animated part of it? <laughs> yes, out of the animated part of it. And then also has cut the order of Minority Report from 13 to 10. Which basically cancels it. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's actually surprising because how many weeks into the new season are we? And that's what, the first show to be to be gone? It's probably one of the more, more expensive ones, though. So yeah. But I mean, normally last season we got we got cancellations right away, so I'm actually very you know very very surprised that that it's taken this long to to cancel something. Yeah, I don't know, but but Fox did that last year with stuff that was not doing so well, like uh, that Red Band Society. Yeah, Red Band Society. They played out the episodes that they had ordered of that, right? Even though you know two or three episodes in, you, everybody was pretty sure that wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> But yeah, probably this, they looked at it and the way the ratings started out not good and then got less good <laughs> and less good over the next couple of weeks uh, that they were just like, yeah, we're probably going to cancel this, but we're also don't have anything to put in its place. These days when they cancel something, a lot of times they don't, they don't just put something else new in its spot. They, I mean, they could cancel it and throw in some Bones reruns or something, or, uh, <laughs> but they're probably already, if they're at episode three, who knows when when they started production? They're you know they're probably seven, eight episodes in already, and just told them you know, go ahead and just stop at ten. I hope they actually can give it an ending. If they apparently if they have. Yeah, so. that's that's what the report I read said is that it would. Yeah, if it gives them time to do something like that. Yeah, but, it said it would come to a satisfying conclusion. Yeah. Whatever that. How many means. times have we heard that? Right. But the thing I hate is when they throw, like you said, with Bones reruns. I hate when they pull like a new show. And just air reruns instead. Like, granted, they might make more money from it, but you already paid for this show. Just air it. Like, don't just like. I I would be shocked if this actually stays on the air for all ten episodes. I I wouldn't. I I think that that's the possibility is why they is cut it is, back. is they cut it back. Is is it might just play into December and just be done instead of they've had shows where they only have this limited number of shows but yet they still they play like nine episodes or something like that and then they come back for three or four in january before they move on to new shows and so maybe they just decided oh we'll just play this in the fall and then we'll just jump in start promoting something new for our you know our mid-season lineup that would make sense yeah, because you don't want to dump one of your mid-season shows and then have that fail too. And then, like, what do you do now? You got two shows started, and you can't really finish either of them. So they don't really want to blow like Frankenstein Code or whatever it's called now, or the Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, but they they seem to have been 
the last couple of years, even when something's not – a lot of the networks have been doing that. Even when something's not great out of the gate, they still sort of play out – unless it's unbelievably terrible – if you know if you're CBS and something tanks, then you put in NCIS or Big Bang Theory reruns because they're gonna be, because they do. You know if you're if you're ABC, you know maybe you put it if it's a comedy, maybe you put a Modern Family rerun or something. Although those don't really do that well. Rerun, rerun. God, I can't even say that. Uh, you know, repeat wise. How about that? that. <laughs> Yeah, I figure if you've if you've paid to do them, you got to at least these days put them online. If you pull them from air or something like that, you, I never get the we filmed ten episodes or thirteen episodes and it tanked, so we pulled it after three. And you're like, but okay, I I get that. It makes sense because it was doing so poorly that putting a rerun of pretty much anything will do better. Ratings wise, I get that, but for the few people that were watching it, you know, at least put them online mm-hmm. so that you can watch them, and you might make a, you know, you might get a couple of ad dollars off of a couple of yeah. ads during them, putting them online or something. So, yeah, but a lot of decisions that the networks make just don't make any sense to me whatsoever. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because ultimately the idea of of just pulling them and never and not doing anything with them, you're just like, but you spent money on them. Like, unless <laughs> at least somehow, try and get something out of it. Unless somehow taking a loss is better yeah. for them uh, <laughs> in the financial world. Yeah, they can just uh, write that <laughs> write that one off. All right. Uh, next up, FX renewed Tyrant for a third season. That was another shocker. <laughs> this this one probably more shocking than. Halt and Catch Fire getting a third season in that neither of them are being watched by a whole lot of people, but there's no like critical praise for Tyrant. <laughs> like you don't really see a lot of good things coming out about Tyrant. So that one you're not quite sure like what is the the reasoning of keeping that one around. Did they screw themselves over when they split FX and FXX? And now they need to fill the space? <laughs> well, probably. I mean, some of that is uh, if they ever could better delineate what the two are, I think they're starting to get better at that, at putting the shows that actually seem like for the market that they're going after, the the sort of younger audience on FXX, it sort of makes a little more sense. They finally have gotten some shows split right because <laughs> there were some, there were some shows where you're, it was still on FX, and you're just like, "But if this is the way you're splitting things, why is this show still here?" <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't imagine that this is not a show that 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 makes more sense on the other. But I don't, I don't know that one. I would say probably was probably the most surprising one to come out. Uh, that because it gets, it got, I don't know. It almost went from the only thing people were talking about was how much they disliked it in the first season. And in the second season, did it, it improved to nobody was talking about it at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, I, only, 
only saw one person talking about it. I was going to watch it, and then I just had way too much stuff. I think I quit after, like, two episodes of the second season. But maybe I'll catch up in that never-ending pile of catch-up shows that I never get to. Yeah, unless it's one of those shows that somehow has, you know, like a halt and catch fire that has the, the demographic that actually is watching it is, like, high-wage earners. So while it might be not be being watched by a lot, you can still sell advertising. The type of advertising that you can sell is is better because of the demographic of people that are watching it. But it's watched by Saudi princes. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then lastly, NBC has picked up Blind Spot for the full season. They've given it the back nine order, which. A couple weeks ago, they had ordered the scripts, and now they're like, okay, let's make those scripts into actual shows now. Yeah, like they came up with the scripts that quickly. Like, <laughs> there was probably no additional scripts yeah. that were finished. Well, I think they got three weeks in, and it hasn't, you know, ratings haven't cratered. So they're like, keep that one going. <laughs> <laughs> But the, that that's good, so I, I'm enjoying that one, so... Yeah, me too. I'm so far behind, I haven't even watched Beyond the Pilot yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe I better not spoil you later then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that is the news. That is the stuff that has been renewed or picked up or canceled. And we'll move on to the primetime segment... And sort of the way things worked out this week between the three of us, there were a lot of comedies that we were all watching. And so we decided to focus mostly on the the comedy shows because most of them are funny that we have <laughs> on the list. <laughs> the shows that are classified as comedies, but also based on probably some of the shows and things that we'll be talking about next week. Uh, it seemed like a good time to jump in and see how some of these, uh, some some of the new comedies are doing a few episodes in, and then uh, also a couple of favorites uh, that have returned for their third seasons. And first up, Life in Pieces, season one, episode three, uh, Sleepy Email Brunch Tree. The thing I really like about the the show is their titles because they're very much like the way I create titles for the podcast. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> so, but, so I like that, but we'll start with you, Jenny. What are you thinking about life in pieces here? We are three episodes in. First of all, I love it. Uh, Kyle and I were kind of talking about it earlier and the ones that I like, he doesn't like and vice versa. So when I said that I liked this, he automatically said he didn't, you know, but uh, <laughs> I thought I maybe that... you were talking about certain pieces like you like this oh, no. piece of it and he doesn't like this piece of it. But... No, no, we were uh, just comparing. I'm like, I bet you like this one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know that some critics have compared it to Modern Family um, and, and find it lacking. Um, but honestly, my husband and I are watching it and loving it as much, if not more, than than Modern Family right now. Um, to me, Modern Family has kind of I don't, I don't know. It almost seems like it is treading water a little bit. It's gone on so long. Um, but as parents, 
we remember so many of the things that Greg and Jen are facing um, as new parents. Um, uh, going back in, at this episode, uh, when he was out going to get diapers. Have you um, eaten a lot of wizard fingers in your day? <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. But we did just, get... meat, just meat straws. <laughs> right, exactly. No, we did get pulled over by the police, though. In the middle of the night, uh, driving my son around, he was probably about six weeks, and and this was downtown in this little small town we lived in, and and uh, my Scott didn't realize how fast he was going, and like thirty in a twenty mile per hour zone, um, and so the the police officer walked up to the car, we kind of looked at him with these dumb expressions on our faces, and he looked in the back seat at the baby who was sleeping, then looked back at us and whispered. I'll give you a verbal warning, but slow it down a little and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it's tie-ins like, like that. And then of course, you know, our son is nearly 18 now. So where Heather and Tim are, are right where we are in life. So it's fun to compare for us to compare where we are with where the family is. And, and I just, I love the cast. Um, and I like that we get the multiple short stories um, in each episode. I, I think that's a lot of fun. So, yeah. So you're not liking it so much, Kyle? Not as much as I thought I would. Well, I really like the cast. Like, the whole breaking up into stories is getting more muddled than I thought it would be. Like, the, originally they were like, oh, we're going to have a story about this group, a story about this group, a story about this group, and then one of them all together. It seems like each one, it's like, here's a huge mix of family members in each one. So it's not really broken down. I almost prefer if they just go, like, the modern family route of just intermixing all these stories together and cutting between them but i i mean there are some moments i like but they're like small moments like the one where the kid's like oh i'm, I'm 18 now i can do i can go to any movie i want why are you asking me and then she's like well what are you going to see uh minions uh so <laughs> like like there's some fun moments like that but uh I'm, I'm still not completely sold on this like i i guess i need to see the characters more to see if i I really like the characters, but so far I'm, I'm still not sold on it. Well, for me, I always find something in each episode or at least some piece of each episode that I that I like. But I think in some respects you're right, Kyle, with the, the way it's in pieces is the the first episode sort of tricks you in that it shows you three different stories and then they sort of all come together. And so it felt like... Mm -hmm. It felt like while it was life in pieces, it also felt like there was a progression of story in the first episode. Uh, in subsequent episodes, it really does feel like it's in pieces. And while there is ongoing story, like they move and now they're across the street. And so there is a linear storytelling happening. The pieces that you're seeing are pieces that come before other pieces. But... There's also scenes like the brunch, which ends with her being like, wait, you were married? And then it goes on to the next story is this next scene of, you know, the family together. And it just felt weird. Like there should be some sort of mention of like what happened there or something. Hmm. Yeah. It, it it felt like an end to that part of the storyline and you went to something else, but you're like, well, if this is taking place after that, like how far after that is it? And like, 
when's the next time we're going to see those two together? Like, when does that get addressed? It just felt like a weird, you know, sort of cliffhanger thing that then you don't get any resolution to until, you know, maybe the next episode. But yet other things have happened since then that you see. So it feels weird that some of the the way the stories are being told. Uh, so that that's the only thing for me is the overall is it almost feels like it's in too many pieces where it's, you know, yeah. they're too separate. Like, where, yeah, I want to see that. I want to, I like the idea, but it, it seems like they need to tie uh, in together or whatever, or something It just seemed so weird to go from that was the ending of like that segment to the next segment is, I think was them all sitting around like watching a game or something. Yeah, then trying to chop and, down and the tree. And then trying to chop, yeah, chop down the tree. And <laughs> But then that piece sort of like felt out of place because I was like, is this taking place, you know, like the next day? Is this taking place? When is this happening? Like how far have we jumped now past, you know, yeah. the, the last yeah. piece of story? Right. Plus it was like two two family gatherings in a row. It's like just felt weird because the whole thing was it was supposed to be like these separate stories that then come together, but it was just felt off. I don't know. I think I think execution wise it could be tightened up, you're right. Um but I I laugh enough at it. Yeah. That that's like the- <laughs> like her feeding him the the big spaghetti and meatball bite on the floor, you know, I mean, who in the world can eat a meatball lying down really? And he had spaghetti all over his face. I mean, there were just, there were just enough funny parts that I'm okay with just kind of sitting back and not needing the rest of it to be perfect. Yeah. Well, on that front, it's always good to have a comedy that makes you laugh so I'm happy about that because like I said, there's at least one, there's usually something within each segment that like Kyle mentioned, you know, that there's a good joke or, or mm-hmm. a little something that happens, but there's usually at least one segment that there's something happening. That's really funny. And the whole, the whole segment about the, the getting the diapers and him having gone and then, getting arrested because he doesn't actually have the diapers to prove that he, <laughs> that he went to get the diapers. And well, he, he needed the wizard fingers. And then he calls, for, yeah, he tries to, tries to bribe him with one of the hot dogs. <laughs> the whole explanation of, of after a certain period of time on the hot dog machine, we can't call them hot dogs anymore. <laughs> we have to call them wizard fingers. Uh, and, then, and then meat straws was, that was hilarious just because, just from the times that you've been in a, a place like that. You, know? <laughs> you wonder who buys them, let alone a handful. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I love how that one ends with you. Sure. You would, you, would you like another one? You get your fifth one free. <laughs> you get a, a full hand of wizard fingers. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, as he's, uh, and I liked, the whole bit about where she goes off that he's getting arrested and when is her when is it going to be her turn to get you know to get to, to get I, arrested like, like like oh yeah it, as 
as a parent, it was, <laughs> oh, you're lucky. You get to go to work every day. I'm staying home with the kid. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally got that. So there's always segments in there that I find that I find really funny, and I'm I'm still enjoying it. I just hope they figure out the pieces bit a little bit because you can tell that they are telling an ongoing story, and you're just seeing pieces of it. And and so, but sometimes they're a little jarring from one, you know from one to the next that. In your head, you're like, okay, this has got to be taking place after, but you're not quite sure what exactly is going on because you had such a sort of such a big reveal that it just feels weird that somebody wouldn't have mentioned it, uh, you know, later on or something. Because you know, maybe in the storyline, obviously more things happened. You just don't get to see them, but that's mm-hmm. that's the weird part is it leaves off something that it feels like you should be seeing. Yeah. All right, and we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is Grandfathered, <laughs> Season 1, Episode 2, Dad Face. And Kyle, what are you What are you thinking is, about Grandfathered two episodes in? This is another one that I'm still not completely <laughs> sold on. Like, I, I I know everyone like, oh, it's got uh, Uncle Jesse there. I can't think of his name. But uh, like people <laughs> John like Stamos. John Stamos, people like love him. And I'm like, I really don't get why people like love him so much. You're like, not a it, woman. Because <laughs> in this, like, he's just not a very likable person to begin with. Like, oh, he's, no, like yeah. so, he's so full of himself. Um, and but I, I mean, I see some some things that might eventually make me like this show. I mean, it has its moments. There are like some fun moments, but I'm still not uh, like, uh, I don't really like him as the party guy. I don't really like him as the, the dad. So I'm still trying to figure out where exactly um, like where that medium is uh, and how this all, if I'm going to like this moving forward, but yeah, I'm trying to think of even any moments that I, particularly liked in this episode but my mind is going blank (laughs) well uh, it might not be drawing a blank there just might not have been anything you enjoyed in the episode (laughs) uh how about you jenny uh this is another one where kyle and i see it a little bit differently i think uh i really enjoy it so far um i agree that jimmy isn't really likable yet um, he has glimmers to me of, of not only being very funny, uh, like I couldn't stop laughing at him freaking out about the possibility that he was the hot young chick's father. Um, the moment that I actually enjoyed at the yeah, beginning. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite part of this last episode was, um, Sarah, you know, grandma and Vanessa, baby mama, uh, their whole interaction with her wondering why Gerald liked her, uh, only for Gerald to show why when Vanessa was, you know, showing off her bikini body and everything. And then when Vanessa went, uh, kind of batshit crazy on the drum circle people, um, I really enjoyed that storyline because yeah, Vanessa is pretty much an airhead to beat all airheads. Uh, but I think Sarah really loved it when when she became, you know, this mama bear. Um, so I, 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 it's not my favorite of the season so far, but um, I do I do like it. I do laugh. Yeah, see, that's that's where 
I guess we differ as well as I didn't <laughs> laugh at all in this episode. I Well, I did, like Kyle said, I did sort of find him freaking out in the first, you know, in the opening of the episode, you know, kind of humorous. But the rest of the episode, I didn't really find a lot funny. I do like Paget Brewster a lot. I mean, I think she's she's great at some of the line delivery that she that they give her and mm-hmm. and stuff. But I still didn't always really find them all that funny. The yeah, the second episode, like the well, the first episode, I felt felt rushed to get to like a certain point, but that it was a certain point where he's now sort of a part of everything that quickly. And then that's going to be the story going forward is him trying to put his old life and his new life together and, you know, the conflicts that are going to arise out of that as he continues to try and be, you know, the 50-year-old playboy that now has a son and a granddaughter. And I don't know, I just, the second episode just left left me flat. Like I said, I didn't really laugh a lot and I don't think that I'm going to be all that interested in watching you know him learn a lesson each week but yet sort of forget it by the next week so that he can well so that i he mean can how learn long it again do, yeah how long do you think that can go on though well that's I mean, the thing is like how long before it becomes that just gets really yeah you know, that's that's de- it's got to go away at some point uh, but at so far, that's all you've seen of that's the that's the show. Like that's right. That's it. Yeah, I don't see what I I don't see like what the other anything else that makes me think that you know once they get past that a little bit, because obviously in if you were to look way ahead into the future, if it were in season five, he couldn't still be running off to a party, you know, yeah. <laughs> while trying to take care of his five-year-old daughter or granddaughter or whatever, you know? So it just wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense, but yeah, I haven't seen exactly how the, like what this ensemble becomes, like how, like where, where does it go past that once he's accepted his, his family situation? Yeah. Once he's actually come around a little more or something or, or what exactly it is. Cause right now, I mean, it's only two episodes in, but uh, two episodes in, it's also like, eh, I could, I could take, take it, it or I it. could take it mm-hmm. or leave it right yeah. now. Uh, I I still see, I but I'm seeing less of potential potential than I saw in the <laughs> you know in the first episode and in, in the second episode. I see potential like they could do a lot with him and his son. It's the the little granddaughter. I don't know how much they can do with her. But the whole thing is grandfathered. <laughs> but uh, like they they could definitely do some with the son. But the fact that he is like has the the uh, baby and he's in love with the baby mama. Like he can't like really help the son date or do all that because unless they're going to go in a different direction than him, always uh, trying to get the uh, get the baby mama back. I think they're bringing in a, a love interest for the son. Oh, okay, so they're going to move away then. From I, the, I think so, yeah. at least somewhat. Well, you can obviously see that a potential idea would be: well, you need to date somebody else and show <laughs> show yeah. her what she's <laughs> right. show her what she's missing. But yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm almost less sold on Grandfather after two episodes than I was after one. 
But we'll move on to The Grinder, <laughs> Season 1, Episode 2, A Hero Has Fallen. And it sounds like, Ginny, you're not a big fan of The Grinder. <laughs> his, okay, well, first, his character is so unlikable to me. But what uh, if he wasn't? <laughs> oh, God, I'm gonna, I am going to wring your neck, I swear. <laughs> uh, well, and, and everybody else except Fred Savage's character it's like they've lost their minds and and i just simply don't get it i don't get why everybody is so like why the the dad that's created this firm would be yes. so enamored with his son yes. <laughs> with his his oldest <laughs> oh, son my word. anyway so that yeah i i am finding it amusing enough that i will give it a little bit longer to see if it grows on me but I don't know. How about you, Kyle? I'm really enjoying this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the cast is great. Like, Fred Savage is playing, like, the classic Fred Savage role. Whether he's a pinkus or not, that's the role that he plays all the time. Is like the naysayer, like, always worried about something type of person. I think he plays that role great. Rob Lowe is playing the Rob Lowe <laughs> like full of himself role. I think he's like, he's perfect in this. Like I loved how in this episode, like was the first time he ever like failed at something. And he just like is completely devastated. And it's like such a minor thing that he failed at, but to him, it's like the end of the world. And like, I just find that so what rock bottom feels like. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, well, like something else like AIDS. Like where the heck did he come with that? <laughs> come up with that? comparison but like i just like i just really enjoyed that um i like that they brought on um uh i can't think of her name the actress that they brought on is like yeah yeah and like just the way it ended with him like her telling him it's impossible and like that's like the motivation he needs to like now make it his goal to go after her just like how how fred savage's character like he purposely tells him like oh no that's impossible because he knows that's going to be what turns him around and makes him go after what he can't have and what's impossible but yeah i i'm really enjoying this like if I had an uncle like that, I would be just like that kid, like looking up to him, like, like you're awesome. Like I want to be just like you. Like, I think it's great. I'm looking forward <laughs> to, I, I like the, the guy at the off at, who also works at the law firm, who is like always like feeding <laughs> his him his lines. His, yeah. His number one fan. Who's always there to, to <laughs> throw him his lines. And like, I, I make everybody clap. <laughs> yeah. I'm just really enjoying this. I, well, I always like the Natalie Morales on pretty much anything, if it can stick around, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or or she ends up being able to stick around. Either she gets cut out of it and then the show continues on, or it becomes like trophy wife and it goes away quite quickly or something. But well, she wasn't in that. She sort of got disappeared out of that. I liked a lot of the second episode. I do agree that. He seems to be like so oblivious, like he's just completely oblivious as to what like any sort of sense of reality is. Yeah. Uh, and that some people seem to be so enamored, especially the father seems a little weird. But I don't know, maybe the father's just at a certain point that he's just like, ah, we need to we need to spice things up and get <laughs> get uh, get some things going here. 
Well, I liked how they they brought in the Natalie Morales to like sort of question that, like because he's not just going to get away with his hearsay and objection. Yeah. Like she actually is questioning everything he he says, whereas everyone else is just in love with him. Yeah, so you know that that could be a good element, but ultimately, I'm probably going to. I mean, I I like the first episode. I like this one, but I'm probably going to give this you know seven eight episodes to see. Because they changed showrunner, oh. you know, they kept the you know, like the. Apparently, there was between the creators and the showrunner they had. There was some apparently some strife between which what direction the show should actually go or something. But I think they were a handful of episodes into production when they finally switched over to uh, the guy they have now, which did he did the FX show with Billy Crystal and the comedians. Yeah, he was the he was like the showrunner on that. So they, they brought him over to, to do that. And so he wasn't involved with the first episode and I'm assuming, I'm not sure, you know, how many episodes got made while they were disagreeing on what direction the show should go. And so I'm interested to see if the direction that the show is actually going is where it's actually going or if, when the other guy fully takes over and apparently there's less of disagreement over the direction of the show. Well, it if, makes you wonder it, what yeah, direction yeah, did each of them yeah. want? Where is it going to, you know, what is it, you know, what is it ultimately going to be? Cause there's, there's the distinct possibility that the disagreement created a show that I like and the lack of disagreement could create a show that I don't like, you know. So you never know what the creative forces behind something that turned it into what it, you know, what it turned out to be and how those things change. And so I'm enjoying this one. I plan to continue watching. But with that, well, we'll see around episode eight or nine, like what what the show is really going to be. Right. All right, and with that, we'll move on to Undateable, Season 3, Episode 1, A Will They, Won't They walks into a bar. And Kyle, what did you, what did you think of the first of the new season of live episodes? I mean, it felt still a lot like their last live special. They were playing it up. Like, the fact that they're live, like, hey, let's get out a phone number, see who calls, like, we'll bring on our, our famous guest friends, like Scott Foley, although he did have some good lines there about, like, the, I was there when Felicity cut her hair, I know what a mistake <laughs> looks like, <laughs> like, so there was some humor there, um, but yeah, I, th I think, I think the live definitely helps the show, like, the cast, you can tell that they're having a lot of fun on the stage, and when you're watching the live thing, you're just waiting, you're hoping someone makes a mistake yeah. or there's some kind of problem. And then they get like the double viewership if someone wants to see, oh, what do they do differently in the other coast? And like, so they can like instantly get like double the the ad views and things if, if people go and watch the other version. Are they going so to be I, doing two versions for every episode? I would, if they're doing it for the first one, I would assume they're going to do it every week, but maybe hmm. not. Maybe they're only going to do... Like it's not an hour every week, right? It's no, just no, it's gonna be no. a half hour, but it that seems like a I don't know, that seems like a big undertaking to do that many episodes to do it twice. Yeah. Uh, every time when 
you don't really need to. The whole point is, yeah, now you're watching it recorded, but when it happens, they don't want, they don't want you to feel they don't want you to feel left out that you didn't get to see it live. Well, they're still leaving out some people. <laughs> like it's yes, not like yeah. it's live. Not <laughs> oh, like yeah. if you film it live at eight o'clock on both coasts that 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 still works out for every other time zone. But yeah, I I don't know. I I like I like the show. I like the people in it. I think it's always felt like they were goofing around anyways, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> like on, on the various set pieces. So to actually sort of break the fourth wall and show you the studio audience and, and, ha- and have them occasionally look directly into the camera or things like that. I think, I think it totally works on this show because it sort of felt like that anyways, even when they were, Going along, and then you get the added of when they were the two, you know, the the will they won't they couple, when they were sort of talking, and and she says about her, the way she grew up, and then he kind of starts laughing, and she yeah. and she says, "You think growing up on the streets is funny? You know that that's not <laughs> you know, that was a line that she just threw in there." Because he started laughing, and so you could tell some of those things, and then he had to deal with that and try and stop laughing, you know, and then get the scene, like, back on track. Uh, so those types of things are, are funny to see, uh, you know, how they, how, how they work them out. Yeah, but for me, as much as I love the show, and, and I do love it, uh, and as much as I love the cast... To me, that'll get old doing it every week. Uh, the the playing too much to the camera and the audience. I don't know. It it every once in a while, yeah, it's it's kind of fun because it's different. But to do it every week, I'm kind of going, mm, will I? You know, will I enjoy it? You know, four or five episodes down, you know, in a row, or I don't know. I'm just gonna have to wait and see. I'm not giving up on it certainly, but. Yeah, I think it becomes like more of like we're hanging out with these people as they do a show versus I'm watching this show. These are the characters. It, right, it sort of exactly. changes the way you you watch it. If you like to watch it and think of like, hey, these are my friends. They're just acting in this show because you definitely feel like you're watching actors versus exactly. I'm watching Instead characters. Of watching characters. Yeah, and I and I that's what I don't like. I. Like I said, once in a while, okay, fine. It's kind of fun to see how they ad lib and stuff because you can tell when they ad lib during the live shows. Um, you know, you know at least a lot of time. You know, they're trying to make the other one laugh. Like, right. you know, they're trying to come. Although I did watch both versions and there was some stuff I thought was like a mistake, but it really wasn't because they, they did like the same thing. Like when he's like stumbling over the words of like the truth house and stuff, like he, he does it the same way in both. Although in the East coast one, he, it felt like he was forgetting his lines. Whereas in the West coast one, he definitely, um, 
like he definitely was stumbling like on purpose. And right. then like in the East Coast one, when Scott Foley was there, like one of them ran up and kissed him, and the, he was definitely not expecting that. And like they're like that wasn't rehearsed or something. Well, like that. yeah, and, and so it makes you wonder. But then in the West Coast one, everyone went up to kiss him because now they knew <laughs> what was going on. So everyone was trying to get in a kiss with him. Like the the gay character guy, he went up and gave him a face a kiss right in the lips, and so like. They're definitely playing off the second performance, knowing what happened in the first performance and like mixing things up. Uh, And is Scott Foley really best friends with one of them in real life? Because I I had no idea he was going to be back this up. He's probably did he do a show with uh, with the creator there? Uh, What's his name? Bill Lawrence. Do you do a Bill Lawrence show? Uh, I think he may have guest starred on Scrubs at least. Well, because in the in the West Coast one, also Zach Braff was there holding a sign at the very oh, beginning. Or in the yeah. East Coast one, they had some person. I don't know if he was famous or who he was, but I didn't recognize him. The guy holding the sign in the opening credits. So I'm wondering if it's going to be again with the pull out a Bill Lawrence friend every week and bring he, them on the show as like a yeah he must be a, he must be friends with Bill Lawrence because uh, Scott Foley I mean because he did four eps of Cougar Town and over the course of I guess the seven seasons or whatever, he did 12 eps of Scrubs. So, so yeah, he must be a, a you know, friends with Bill Lawrence. And yeah, I think that'll probably be, I mean, less so probably in the regular episodes, but they'll probably, as they go along, try and do that as much as possible. Have, you know, just have somebody random show up or whatever. But I, I do agree that it does sort of pull you out of following the ongoing narrative of, like, the characters, because now they do feel, like you said, less real. Yeah. It's harder to throw out the the fact that you know that you're watching something, you know, like a stage play, because now you know you're watching a stage play. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's that that does bring a, a different dynamic to the ongoing stories, but I'm interested. I'm, I am interested just to see like how it works from week to week and how I feel about it, you know, five or six weeks from now after they've got a bunch of episodes and whether the now the live factor no longer feels novel. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I, and it, it, yeah. it starts to be a little annoying because, because they are telling, one ongoing story because they are telling ongoing stories. They're not just a group of people that are just like, Hey, this would be really funny. And then Saturday night live, you know, trying to do just a sketch or something live. And, and so I, I think it, it definitely will be interested to see where, where it goes and whether I'm still, I mean, I think I'll probably still be enjoying it because they are funny and so I think it'll probably still be funny, but as a show where it'll be interested to see if you're as invested in the characters and where they're going as you might have been previously. Right, or just enjoying how much, how funny it is. So yeah, that Undateable will have to be one we'll pop back up on the, uh, on the list a few weeks from now to see, <laughs> check back in and see how it's going. On the other side of things, things that we probably won't be checking <laughs> on in the future. 
for for probably more than one reason is Dr. Ken season one episode two the seminar and since it was on everybody's list as something that we had watched or would be (laughs) watching by the end of this last week I put it into the list of with the rest of the comedies because I thought it'd be interesting to talk about since Ken Jong basically has been tweeting critics and reviewers and anybody that said anything negative about the show <laughs> and telling them to not judge the show based on its pilot, which I'll, I'll give him. I sort of agree. Like it's hard <laughs> to judge something on its pilot is tough, especially with a comedy, but that's all we have. Like everybody who watches it, you know, that's, that's all you have is that first episode. And whether you, if there's not something there, a lot of people are not going to watch a second episode. Uh, So they're not going to give it a chance to get, even if they should in some, in some respects. Uh, And so, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about the first two episodes and how the second episode isn't any better than the first episode. Uh, Even though the second episode, I believe, is actually the third episode, Mm -hmm. uh, but got moved up. So this is their better material. Yes. Well, I will give uh, Ken Jeong props for it does sound like uh, when he was doing this, a lot of uh, critics fired back at him of... Well, that's all we have. Get the network to put more episodes out there. And apparently the second episode got released uh, for press to watch mm-hmm. before the premiere because of that. So at least try to give something else <laughs> uh, for people to watch. But I, I think that is true. That is a thing that especially networks do that they just give critics the pilot and so that's all you have to judge off of, even if it's not fair. But ultimately, that's what the viewer is going to judge off of is, like I said, if there's not something that sort of hooks them enough to go, I'll check out another episode. That's how you get a lot of these shows that premiere to whatever ratings. And then the next week, there's it's missing a couple million people <laughs> because they're just like, yeah, no, I don't have time for that. Yeah, cause, well, even if you gave critics like four episodes and I said, oh, by the fourth episode, this show gets great. You're not going to get people to tune in four weeks like to try a show. If they don't like the pilot, they're not going to set a season pass or continue with it. Right. But I think that there is something to that, though. I, I think the thing that is sort of like sort of like a, a movie production company not putting out a movie like when it doesn't go out to critics at all, you know that it's, something's wrong. Yeah, you know that something's wrong. I think they kind of do that with some of their shows. Is they only put out one because they know that it's not that great, and that <laughs> if they put out four or five, that it's only going to make things worse. And so they're trying to to blunt that. But I think on the flip side, though, it hurts shows that are good or are pretty good out of the gate but within a few episodes really start to find their mark that i think if you can tell somebody 
hey, this show by the you know by the third episode or by the fifth episode, man, there's really it's really cooking. That if somebody watches the first episode and there is that thing, you know, there's something that's of interest, but they also have heard that maybe that thing that interests them is actually something that gets better or or that becomes more of the focus of the show or or anything i think that that or or that that what they didn't like goes away right (laughs) or or disappears from a show or something right and so i think to try and prop up bad shows that are ultimately probably going to get canceled anyways they're hurting some of their good shows that might have get a better shot out of the gate had you you know had critics had more than the pilot to go on the cable network seemed to seem to be on board with that they sent they they tend to send out more than just pilot episodes to a lot of their series mm-hmm. uh, granted a lot of times cable shows have filmed like the whole thing before it ever goes to air and for a new show they just started up in the summer but yet by the time the first episode airs they're five or six weeks in, so there's no reason that they couldn't have three or four episodes out there for uh, critics to to watch and give. Well, an especially on. because because we hardly ever get the the complete air ready episodes, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, they always say rough cut, even if exactly, it, even if it's pretty exactly. much the done episode. Yeah. Just so they can uh, have an excuse. So no, we're changing something. But still, I almost, I almost tweeted Kim Jong back when he tweeted me after my preview went up that I had watched more than one episode because he was like, "Don't judge a a book by its pilot cover or something like that, or don't judge a show by its pilot cover or something like that." And I almost tweeted him back, "Well, I watched the first two, <laughs> and it didn't help any." Right. So, what did you think of? The show itself, Jenny. Uh, well, first of all, Albert Sai is the most adorable kid on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I loved him in Trophy Wife, and I love him in this because he had one line at dinner, you know, where he just—it was so random, and and he just made me laugh. Um, I I like the supporting cast a lot. I think. The Dr. Kin character is just too over the top for me. He, like there was one, I mean, I just watched it less than an hour before we did this <laughs> podcast. And I'm struggling to remember the scene that, I, that I'm trying to think of. He shouted, he leaned over the counter at work and shouted something. And it was... I, I don't know. It it just struck me as really out of character, which seems odd given that we've only seen him, you know, in two episodes now. But it it was like very God. I don't even remember now. But it just threw me, and and so I think that for the most part, his character is just too over the top for me. Like I said, do you think that this episode, which while it might have been supposed to be the third episode that played as the second episode, being that he has to go to a seminar to learn how to treat people better or figure out things, and he sort of has an epiphany that this is potentially could be the story 
change point where they were a couple episodes in and went, man, <laughs> this is not working. And uh, possibly, yeah. And and I don't mind him being this kind of too a little rude and very straightforward and and uh, you know all that. Yeah. As long as it's if they can tone it back just enough so that he's not quite so over the top, then I think it'll be a little bit more enjoyable, essentially because of the supporting cast. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with the show is I think (laughs) it has such a great cast that you're just like, how can this be the material that you're giving these people to work with? Right. And it's so just, you know, bland and, and not funny and, and so many times with your talk about Zhang being over the top is when he goes into all those big, big things where he's flapping Screaming his arms and, and ranting. Screaming yes. And yes. All, over. All, yes. all I, all I thought in those scenes was it was like, like he was trying to distract you from how bad, what the dialogue was. You know, <laughs> like, Hey, look, no, look at Look over here. Don't pay attention to what I'm actually saying because it's not <laughs> funny. I'll try and be funny over here. But those type of moments are the thing that I didn't like about him on right. Community. Yeah, I think people that liked him, that's what they want to see. Yeah, and I liked first season Chang on Community. I liked when he was like the you know, the teacher that was just, just as sort of disaffected or whatever disassociated from everything as everybody else, but, but had become a teacher at this community college. And when they tried to make him a part of the gang or, or an outsider of the gang or then a student and all these different things, it just got bigger and bigger. And I thought it got less funny and less funny. So when he goes into those big things like that, that's where it, it it's like, it gives me, flashbacks to the parts of community that I didn't like uh, on top of everything else, just not being funny. I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah. To me, it's not like it's, I don't find it funny, but I mean, I like the supporting cast. Like you guys said, I like the wife. I like Albert Tsai, although I think still he's being underused than he could be. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, everything about this show made me think of a show that I would rather be watching. I would rather watch Dr. Ken if Albert Tsai was suddenly a doctor like Dee <laughs> Hauser. Like, that would be awesome. Uh, but, uh, but like, Ken, Dr. Ken, like, he's, like, House was worse than he was, but House was likable. Like, I just don't like Yeah, you can, Dr. Be, Ken. You can be an ass and still be likable. Yeah, like, I just don't like his character. Like, um, yeah, there's just, like... Like if they could somehow get rid of him and do a different show, I think it would be great. But if episode yeah. five is Dr. Ken's funeral and it goes on with the rest of the cast. Like like even the guy who who is awesome in Better Off Ted, like I don't like him in this. Like and he was like one of the best parts of Better Off Ted. And he's just again like he's like just like Dr. Ken is bringing the worst out in him and he's being unlikable. Who who do you mean? Because I, uh, I the, the RN that. the RN guy. Oh Hector, okay. Like he was great in Better Off Ted, and now like he's just so unlikable in this because like 
he like goes and is like a jerk t- because of what yeah, just, Ken does to him. Yeah, just like a whiny jerk. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like I was saying, is Jonathan Slavin. I would much rather still be watching Better Off Ted. You know, Albert Sy, I'd much rather be watching Trophy Wife. Susie Nakamura, much rather be watching Go On. It's like all these other shows that that didn't last very long. There's they're all in this, <laughs> and you're just like, ah. Uh. And for some reason, people watched. <laughs> well, I was shocked at the ratings, and I think it's people that like – like I'm just not generally a fan of his kind of like wild humor. I think the people that like him, they're getting a lot of that in this, and that's what they – I didn't see what the what the return audience was, but the premiere did much better than I would have ever guessed. Well, I wouldn't have – I would have I would have thought that there would be some – that there would be some – people that would check it out, like no matter what was being said about it, it seemed like something that people would, you know, would probably check out, but yeah, it's the, it's finding out what the, the second week was, which is what I'm looking up right now is to see, because I forgot to do that before uh, Dr. Ken holds. So it, it actually held a good uh, portion of, hmm. of its audience. 5.78 million viewers in its second week. If that sticks, that, that show's going to stick because that's more people than are watching Last Man Standing. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ken almost well, well, it's not. It's not the. I guess it's about the. Uh, actually, Last Man Standing has more overall viewers, but the their rating was about the same in the in the demo. So, what ticks me off the most, I think, about this show is that. They canceled Christella in place of it. That was another one that was a thousand times. Yes, that was, that was the yeah. other yeah. thing is is I would rather still be watching uh, Christella. And yeah, it'll be – wow, I didn't even really look at uh, – Undateable did not do all that great. But yeah, that's – it just wasn't – it just wasn't good. And the thing was is is what they were doing and even though, while, like I said, I like the cast – they weren't playing characters or there wasn't something on the show that you could latch onto and go, Oh, I hope it goes this direction or I really like that. Or, well, at least it was funny. It didn't have any of those things. And the second episode didn't either. And so, you know, this is one of those shows that, you know, I don't think you need to give it anymore. (laughs) I don't think you really need to give it any more than the pilot to see that it was terrible and probably not going to go anywhere. You know, the best it could do is a handful of episodes in become mediocre you know, yeah. at this rate. And the only thing I I will be interested to see if if it continues to hold mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, there's all but there's always a show. There seems to always be a show at some point in time that you look at and go, well, why did this show just not get anybody to watch it and sort of disappear and and people keep watching this one and maybe this is going to be the show <laughs> that does that because five to six million viewers on Friday night, that's going to keep it on because <laughs> that's better. I mean, that's better ratings than Christella did. Uh, so. <sighs> so did uh, Ken send you another tweet saying, ha, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, but but I still I still bristled at the commercial that for the second episode that was like new hit comedy or whatever. <laughs> and you're just like, uh, come on. All right, that's enough. That's way more than enough talking about Dr. Kid. See, now we can end on a good note, though. Well, although I would be really interested if you watch Dr. Ken the first couple of episodes and are planning to continue to watch, I would like you to write in and tell me why, please. <laughs> please write in and tell me why. What is it? Because I'm always interested in that is, I mean, we've talked about for all these comedies how you and Kyle are seem to be a lot like Amory and I, where we differ <laughs> on a lot of the comedies that that we like. And so, you know, comedy is subjective. It's people find different things funny or different reasons to watch things. And so, but something that just on the face of it seems to come out of the gate and be of people that got a chance to see it ahead of time, universally disliked, but yet five to six million people watched it the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested if you were one of those 5.7 million people uh, to write in and tell me what it is that kept you watching into a second episode or potentially continue watching. Drop a comment on the show notes or send it to feedback at tvtimes3.com or on Twitter at tvtimes3. Any number of places. Use the contact form on the website. Just just let me know what it is. <laughs> and and I never deleted my season pass as a perfectly valid excuse. <laughs> I use it all the time. <laughs> Which is why yeah. I'll probably end up watching this show through to I, the end. I <laughs> do hear that from you an awful lot, Kyle. <laughs> that's, a, that's a reason to have the show available into a third or fourth episode, but no, still no reason to actually do more than just delete it and actually <laughs> spend time watching it. But we'll move on to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Tarantula! The last, yeah, the oh, last show on the list. Season 3, Episode 3, Boyle's Hunch. And, man, I just really enjoy the show. I think they continue... <laughs> I think the cast is just fantastic. They work really well together. And there's always stuff that just that just makes me funny. And the whole bit about uh, Boyle's hunch and him falling for this <laughs> lady that gets put in jail and then them doing it, investigating to try and find out, you know, what really happened. Cause it seemed like she didn't really do anything, but just all of every time Boyle says something, <laughs> Jake would be like, you understand what that sounds like, right? <laughs> 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 And and continue, you know some of that stuff, and so I just I I just really like the show. I think it's become a great ensemble, and I look forward to it. I look forward to it each week. How about you, Jenny? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is one that I don't. There are a lot of shows that I like that there's one character or storyline that I don't really like. But this isn't one of them. I I adore the entire cast. Uh, This week, the tarantula was funny at the beginning. Fish donuts are... (laughs) Oh, they sound disgusting. Uh, One of my favorite parts was the add to cart for the dog. I just, I love that. Ooh, he doesn't like children. Oh, well, that's good. I'm probably not going to have any. Add to cart. You know, and who comes up with that stuff? 
Um, and then I want to know how you determine if you have good bud density on your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> to be, yeah, to be able to uh, taste things. Although some of the things that boil taste, you'd, uh, you, well, yeah. you would want to have really bad bud density. I think <laughs> it would be the best way to go. How about you, Kyle? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like you guys said, the the whole cast is great, and like every storyline had something good, like with Rosa trying to catch Hitchcock and Scully uh, in there <laughs> for stealing her ice cream. Like, though, if there's any weak characters, I, I'm glad they only appear in minor doses because I don't think I could take more of Hitchcock and Scully than what right. we have in these episodes. But I think they do make good use of them. Uh, we had the captain show up, uh, like. I'm interested to see how they bring him back because eventually they've got to bring him back as the captain, but they're still doing a decent job of, of giving him his own storyline with, um, um, I might want blank. Uh, what's her name there? The, uh, Gina with Gina. Um, and like, I liked her story there with like, uh, her, uh, she's going to march in here and do, I told you so. And like, just like the minor details, like she, when she walks in, she's like moving her arms, like she's marching and like, so just like these tiny things that they add to the different scenes, just to add in an extra layer of humor there. Um, the, my hunch song, <laughs> like there's just lots of great stuff, uh, like every character, like I, I think still my favorite has to be, um, uh, what's his name? My, my mind is blank today. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's his, the, the main guy there, Jake. Yes, Jake Peralta. Yeah, he's still my favorite out of, out of all of them. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know if Marilyn Reichkob is going to be a regular, but I hope they bring her on more because I think that'll be interesting to see them actually get to be together because those two are just <laughs> two peas in a pod. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see her and Boyle uh actually uh together and what other complete weirdness comes out of that yeah where where they meet and boil just like well it was nice talking <laughs> and turns around and jake looks at him like after the stories the online dating stories you're just telling me <laughs> you're just gonna let her like walk away <laughs> and then he drills her in the back of the head with one of the fish donuts <laughs> with one of the fish donuts again see <laughs> i like all the stuff like you know, like Jake forgets and takes another bite thinking it's going to be a donut again. <laughs> or, you know, just some of the the conversations between, you know, between him and Boyle where he he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And then they come up with the song and then they're like, we need to get out of here. <laughs> you know? Like, we need to get out of the, we need to leave this prison. Well, and, and one thing that I liked is, now that Jake and Amy are together, that the, the didn't come into play this episode except for that one line uh, about, you know, she said she wasn't coming over if, yeah. you know, and that was, but that was it. So it was nice that we, we saw that, you know, that clue that they're still happening, but it wasn't shoved in our faces either. Yeah, I just, just an all around enjoyable show. And just one of those that I watch and, you know, usually laugh a couple of, you know, there's usually a couple of good laughs. There's lots of stuff that makes you smile and just, you just don't feel 
you know, you feel good after watching an episode. You, it, it sort of brightens the mood, which I don't know. If that's what I want from a comedy is to yeah. is to be happy at the end of it, <laughs> not not like wondering why why am I watching this? Well, yeah, and it's not forced. None of it seems forced to me. Yeah, I think they've really over the years they've really figured out how to you know write for everybody and how the ensemble works well uh, together i i like how they always change up the pairings mm-hmm. you know like having <laughs> having the two of them trying to figure out who it was if it really was you know who really was stealing her ice cream <laughs> and 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 the the whole thing about you know the lactose intolerant and they're like right <laughs> like well, I, we are lactose intolerant, but there's just some things that are worth <laughs> the distress, and they just keep eating the pizza. I did like her her initial uh, idea of a sting would be to just give them a poison pie, <laughs> and then just tell their widows, like, oh, let's yeah. see, they were guilty. And what, yeah, what's your plan? Just, just like, yeah, put a pie with poison in the refrigerator, and then tell their widows they were thieves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think like they use them well, like in the background and, and occasionally bring them in. They usually get you know one or two good lines, uh, and, an episode and just, just like I said, just really, just really enjoy that one. It's one of, I don't know, there's probably, I don't know, two or three comedies right now that I sort of look forward to, like fresh off the boat and, and, uh, this one and, and blackish that just, that I'm just really enjoying right now. And so we'll continue to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and that'll do it for the primetime segments. And we'll move on to TV recommendations uh, once again to try and figure out as a potential recommendation. I went through the upcoming DVD releases since like this period of time, like September <laughs> into October, so many things get released that for whatever reason, close to when they were going to be on or whatever. But the one thing that popped up on on the list since I mentioned the hundred last week was that uh, the complete series of Justified is going to hit DVD and Blu-ray as of uh, Tuesday, October thirteenth. And if you haven't watched Justified, whether you get it on DVD or find it out there someplace else, one of the various options. Uh, it's definitely a show worth worth checking out. If you haven't so far, it's sort of the modern day western. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is great. They had some of the best. There was a, a season here or there that was a little weak at times, but they had some of the best guest casting that they would bring on as sort of the villain for a season. And then some of the just side characters that became bigger characters as the series went on were great. And just the world that they created in the taking place inside of Kentucky, it was it was a fun place to visit, even though it was not necessarily some place you might want to visit because it's really dangerous and people were always getting shot and stuff. But <laughs> it had a, a great sense of humor to it, though, as well. And just definitely a show worth worth checking out if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen it before. It's one to put on the 
you know, your ever-growing list of things to catch up on. <laughs> it reminds me, I still haven't watched the last three episodes. So <laughs> it's on my list of stuff to catch up on. Okay, Jenny, what is uh, what is your recommendation? Kyle, if if you're gonna close your ears, now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did ask him if I could talk about this because he hasn't seen past the pilot. He said, um, but. For those of us who can't afford to get the season DVDs and all that, uh, I'm recommending Blind Spot for those who haven't uh, watched or haven't caught up yet. Um, it is probably my favorite of the new shows so far. Um, <clears throat> I hate conspiracies uh, so much that I quit watching Quantico sometime during the first episode. Um, that conspiracy stuff has turned me off of shows that I have watched for years. Um, I, I absolutely abhor them and blind spot has that, but uh, for some reason I'm overlooking them because I enjoy it so much so far. Uh, Jane and Weller have a great chemistry um, and the show's got a lot of fun action. Um, now that we know who Jane is, uh, or who she was as a kid, at least. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun to continue piecing together what happened to her between then and now, um, and and how that will uh, affect her and Weller coming up. Uh, and then I'm not so happy about Mayfair's conspiracy storyline, um, but obviously she's not going to, you know, kill off Jane. That would be kind of um, killing off the show. <laughs> um, but but I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how they follow the tattoos for answers, um, not only to to stop whatever uh, bad thing is going to be happening, um, but as for for finding answers to what happened to Jane between childhood and when she showed up in Times Square. Uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. It's uh, a lot of action, like I said. There's great chemistry between the two leads. Um, I am still unsure about the rest of the supporting cast, although I like um, the tech... I can't remember her name now, but the tech girl, um, I like her a lot. The rest of the team, I'm not sure about yet. But but I think it's one that uh, if you haven't checked it out, you definitely should because it's, it is just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. And it's one of my favorite new shows, new shows for the fall, granted in a very weak field of shows to choose from. <laughs> but, but still... Yeah, that's that. That's one I can I can get on on board with. How about how about you, Kyle? What is what is your recommendation? Uh, so I too visited the uh, list of TV uh, DVD uh, that was coming out this week, and two things that stuck out to me were two quote unquote event series. Uh, sci-fi related one on sci-fi one on fox uh the first is ascension which was a sci-fi mini series that never went to a complete series but it was a really interesting uh show about like the in the 1960s uh, when john f kennedy was president uh they put 600 people into a rocket and sent them out on a hundred year mission to get to some new planet to colonize and so 50 years in they've already had a couple generations on the 
on this uh, rocket ship. And so now they're living their life there. And now there's suddenly like a homicide on board and they have to decide, should we, we're halfway there towards our mission. Do we turn back now or before we hit the point of no return or do we keep going? And there's all kinds of, uh, as it goes along, there's all kinds of twists and surprises and it's, the show goes in a very different direction than you would have expected. And I was really disappointed it didn't get picked up for a full season, but the, the special, the miniseries itself, I thought was really entertaining and interesting. Did they ever officially announce that they weren't? Yeah. You, um, one of the sci-fi people like tweeted it out or something, or someone related to the show tweeted it out saying that they weren't picked up. Because I never saw, uh, that seemed to be like one of those that, well, that's the problem. They never issue a press release saying we're not doing yeah. something. <laughs> I wish they would because it would make it so much easier. Well, like, normally you at least hear some sort of story or see some stories pop up or something that, you know, something was canceled or or something's not continuing or something. But that just seems to be one that just sort of floated away. <laughs> yeah, I think the producer tweeted it out or something and then I saw it that way. And then the other one is Wayward Pines, which – Officially isn't coming back, but then people said, oh, maybe it will, but uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> but it was another show about, like, a uh, Secret Service agent who's looking for his missing partner, and he ends up in this small, word, uh, small town called Wayward Pines. But things are just a little odd there, and, like, he can't seem to contact anyone, and he seems to be stuck there. He can't leave, and things get more and more mysterious and creepy, and you do actually find out what's going on in the in the town which is not what you would have guessed um the pilot was was done by m night Shyamalan, and like it definitely has his feeling and i think it's like i know his stuff has gotten progressively worse but i think this is this was really entertaining i really enjoyed this and it does at least have an ending so it does feel like a complete story it was Based off of a trilogy of books, it does veer a bit from the books, but it definitely covers the material from all three books uh, within the miniseries. But that I really, uh, I really enjoyed. I definitely recommend checking that out. All right. Well, that'll do it for another episode. As always, you can find links to our recommendations as well as the news stories we talked about. And also where you can find Jenny and Kyle online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 294. That is also a place that you can leave a message at the bottom of it telling me why you're still watching Dr. Ken if you are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. I really want to know. I need words of encouragement to delete my season pass because otherwise it'll still sit there. (laughs) And next week, uh, Amory and Ray will be back with me and we'll find out which new shows Ray was interested in that she has now dropped because they didn't hold her interest past two or three weeks, uh, as well as probably be talking some, I don't know, Arrow, Flash, maybe some iZombie, uh, Jane the Virgin. I'm just, I'm just thinking about things that we all watch. A lot of them tend to be on the CW, so it might be a CW-heavy uh, show. Now that... Uh, they actually premiered their stuff last week. We'll have a couple episodes of that. Uh, but we'll probably check in with a few things. Like we'll see if if Ray's still watching Blind Spot or some of the other new shows that she was planning on checking out. And with that, thank you, Jenny and Kyle, for joining me on episode 294. Thanks, Jason. Thanks.